Hi everybody, Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church here and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Awesome. So, uh, you know, with this whole COVID-19 saga that's going on, it it evokes different questions within within us all. You know, some of us, it might be evoking the sense of how do I work from home? How do I uh, do this, uh, you know, parenting and discipline with uh, my kids around 24-7 and trying to maintain a healthy relationship with my wife or or with work at home and, and the distractions that are around us? Other ones, it might be how do I now function where, you know, I don't have the job security because my work... Um, has cut me and, uh, and I don't have that stable income coming in. But, you know, when uh, these questions come knocking on our door, often we feel this sense of fear and anxiety rise up within us. And it's important that we actually recognize these questions and we, we deal with them in a healthy way. But one of the questions that God's got me pondering in this time is, where is God during COVID-19? Is he socially distancing himself? Is he isolated? Where is he? You know, it's easy for us to focus on everything in ourselves and not actually focus on what's God doing right now. What is God doing in this time? And tonight, I hope that if one thing that you can take away from this message is that you might be challenged to see things a little differently, that you might begin to listen intentionally to God's word and what he's saying, and that you would actually respond obediently out of the heart that he is calling us to have. You know, during this time whilst we're having this presence of a global pandemic that is changing all of our lives, I think it's real for us to actually acknowledge and grapple with that God wants us to be, our lives to be transformed and changed by His presence more than the presence of a global pandemic. Now, I can't deny the fact that there are challenges that you and I, that we're all facing, but the reality is that we are all facing them. And, you know, we, 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 we come to grips with the fact that we're all facing these challenges but we need to deal with them. You know, simply avoiding these challenges, simply denying that they're even there is actually one of the unhealthiest ways that we can grapple with the changes and challenges that we're faced with in this season. We need to find healthy ways of grappling with the changes that are thrust upon us so that we actually make it through. You know, we've been, when, when all this first came about, In our ministry context, in our lives, I was wondering, how are we going to get through this time? We're getting told six months is what we're going to be up against as a minimum. And we're wondering, how do we survive this season so that we can simply just make it through to the other side? And I was uh, reflecting upon this, and a a friend of mine encouraged me to not have a, a, a mindset of surviving, but actually one of thriving. You know, that we can actually look at this situation and know that this is going to come to pass, that this time will come to an end, and that we can, you know, project ourselves forward six months, look back over this time and see how have we actually grown during this season, to look at this stage that we're in and actually see that we, this is an opportunity for us to grow. It's an obstacle, a challenge for us to overcome, and that we do that by pressing into God and seeing what is His purpose, what is His plan, and what is He doing in this time in this season. It's not by this extreme of avoiding, and it's also not by the other extreme of totally focusing on all the negativity and the things you can't do and all the restrictions that are now in place, but actually on focusing on some of the things you can do. You can pick up your phone and ring a friend. You can write a handwritten letter, maybe sanitize the pen first and you know, wash your hands before you pick up the paper, but you, know, you can actually write a letter to someone 
Maybe it's an old lady that lives down the street from you or your grandma that you haven't spoken to in a while. Write a handwritten letter. You know, there's something about these things. When we focus on what we can do rather than what we can't do, we actually experience a bit of freedom from fear and panic. So I want to share with you how I first began in ministry. And it's a moment when God really interrupted my life, which I think is a, uh, an interesting thing to reflect on at the, the present moment in time. I was uh, back in the country with my dad and my, uh, my family, uh, working on farms, and all of a sudden I felt this shift in uh, just as a sudden moment when I was out in the uh, paddock one day and God said, I've called you to be around people. And that I needed to actually shift into this ministry moment um, of seeing where God was leading and guiding me uh, into uh, the, the, the urban setting rather than a rural setting. And uh, it was a really interesting time. And as I, as I shifted into that focus, I began to see that, that you know, mission and ministry wasn't just a location that we go and we, we perform these duties, we perform these tasks, but it's actually part of a lifestyle that God is wanting us to live out. And that it's every day, everywhere, wherever we are. So God called me into ministry in Elizabeth, and, uh, and as we uh, arrived in Elizabeth, the, the first week of my work, I went and visited a young family. This young family that I visited, they had uh, six different kids in the home from five different fathers, and all of them were in prison. And, uh, and this family was just, you know, it, it blew my mind at the brokenness that we experienced when we, when we first grappled with the reality of some people's lives. And upon leaving that house that day, I remember vividly seeing this roller door of this car garage. And, uh, and, and you know, it was dented in, it was graffitied. And, and God put this curiosity in my brain of thinking, what kind of car is behind that roller door? And, uh, and as I began to ponder these thoughts, my mind went back to this beat up old Datsun on the farm, which was, you know, engine missing, the, the wheels were all removed up on blocks and just covered in dust. It, was, it, was, it wasn't functional, it couldn't even drive. And, uh, and then God spoke this word and reminded me of this verse in, uh, in 2 Samuel, where uh, the prophet Samuel comes to anoint the next king of Israel. And, uh, and he goes and anoints David. And, uh, but when Samuel first arrives on the scene, he sees the older brothers and says, you know, hey, here is the next king of Israel, what looked as the right uh, fit for the job. And, and God said these words to him. He said that, uh, that man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart. And God encouraged me in this passage to, to actually, he said to me, you know, I want you to call out the Porsche. I want you to see the rough exterior that surrounds people's lives, the brokenness that exists around them and within them, and actually speak potential into their being because I created them, I love them, I know them by name, and I actually died for them, that they could be redeemed and restored to the value that I've set for them before the world began. And maybe that's a message for you right here, right now, before I even get into the, uh, the real message the, the, this evening. But, uh, but, you know, that God has value for you. That in this moment, you might be seeing and feeling a sense of, of, of abandonment, of isolation, and to hear afresh that God says that you are valued and that he has potential over your life. And so I come into this, this moment and we begin to uh, run a youth ministry in Elizabeth. And, uh, and then eventually we we plant this ministry out in the streets where we are basically connecting with volunteers from different churches to come together in unity and to actually see how we can connect with the young people on the streets, speaking that potential into their lives through building relationships where they are rather than inviting them to where we are in a program sense. 
And one of the words that God has put on over our lives is to, to actually see that they can live beyond themselves. That it's an aspect that, uh, that you know, it's not something that we need to uh, be so self-consumed and focused on how everything in our life is about us. You know, when we think about the questions around COVID and what are we engaging in, it's about me. How does this affect me? My life, my work, my family, my security. It brings to reminder for me that how self-centered we are in this world. And we can actually focus on, you know, Jesus calls us to focus on others, to live beyond ourselves, loving others, loving God. And that's when we really, truly achieve our life potential. Now, the, uh, the real message I wanted to get into tonight, which I'll, uh, I'll begin with, is, uh, is found in Luke chapter 2. So if you've got your copies of God word, God's Word, you know, right now in your living room as a family, uh, with friends, whoever it is that you're gathered with there, I, I encourage you to open up your copies of God's Word, and we'll uh, be reading from uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And, and it begins here in verse 8, where it's, uh, it's talking about the time when Jesus was about to be born in Bethlehem. And we come to this time, and it, and it says that there were shepherds gathering nearby. And, uh, and the shepherds were gathering nearby, guarding their flocks. They were guarding their sheep. They were doing their job. But, you know, there's this uh, question that begs within me of, what are we trying to protect in this season? What are we trying to hold on to that we need to let go of. We need to give up a sense of control and see that God is actually doing something. It's not about us. For me, before I got called into ministry, I was trying to figure out what my purpose was in life. I was holding on to this insecurity around what I was going to do, where I was going to end up, and how much money I was going to make, you know, who I was going to be married to, all these things that I was holding on to, in a sense, a bit of self-preservation mode, trying to protect who I was by, uh, by actually, in, in a weird way, by being afraid of stepping into what might be. And, you know, these fear-based mentalities actually trap us in a, uh, in a sense of controlled by fear. But, you know, God reminds us in, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where he says that, we, that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Now that's what God wants us to tap into. The, the next part of this story in verse 9, the, uh, the shepherds, they are suddenly shocked by the appearance of an angel before them. And their response, like yours and mine, to this whole COVID situation, like any of us when someone jumps out from around the corner, they are afraid. They are frightened. They are, they're, they're actually, the, it says here, they are terrified. And I wonder what is it that is causing you to be terrified in this situation what is it you know actually be real with those feelings of fear that you're feeling those thoughts that you're engaging with be real about them don't suppress them but deal with them in a healthy way you know, my daughter at home, I've got a, uh, a almost four-year-old daughter, Zara, at home. And, uh, and you know, when, uh, when she's hiding, she's playing around in her bedroom, and then all of a sudden, someone walks through the hallway. And it's either her mum, myself, or her younger brother. And, and all of a sudden, she, she jumps into her bed and says, Daddy, I'm afraid of mummy. Now, she's actually not afraid of her mother, but it's this sudden onset of something that she wasn't expecting that causes her to be afraid. And, and it's important that we actually recognize here that the most repeated command in all of Scripture is what happens here in verse 10. The angels say to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Whenever people are um, surprised by a visit from God, by an angel in Scripture, there is a natural response of fear. It is normal. It's okay. 
You know, don't be down on yourself because you're afraid right now. But be encouraged by the message that God has to bring to you. You don't need to be afraid. That God's presence can actually still those fears. And the angels say to the shepherds, they say, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Do you know the news of Jesus Christ? And have you experienced the great joy that it has brought to your life and that it can bring to the lives of those around you that might also be struggling with a sense of panic and fear in this season? That neighbor down the street, your work colleague that's also just lost their job. Jesus can bring great joy to their life. Now, the shepherds encountered God in this new way. And it freaked them out a bit at first, but then we read on. We go down to verse, uh, to verse 15, and it says, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, what God has told us about. They were tuning in to what God was doing, and it compelled them into a sense of action. It compelled them to go. You know, for Annie and I, when we came into ministry, we started seeing these young people out on the street in Elizabeth. And there was a a sense of compulsion where God evoked within me this sense of, you know, he wasn't calling us to just invite these young people back to church, but he actually wanted us to, to be like Jesus in going to where they were. Now, right now in this season that we're in with COVID, it's, it's shut down our weekly gathering at the shopping center where we hang out with, with you know, lots of uh, young people that are doing it tough in Elizabeth. But when this shut down, it, it began to, to you know, dawn on me, how are we going to connect with these young people? These young people who are now isolated at home, which is probably the worst place that they could possibly be. And, uh, and in this time, you know, it began to dawn on me, well, how can we think differently in this season? How can we actually think differently about engaging in an online way? You know, if there's one place where these young people are, it's online. And God began to, you know, swing over me this wave of creative thoughts. Since then, we've been able to start developing a food and well-being program where we're actually tapping into the young people, giving them some skill-based training at home. And we've even had the local Woolworths in the, in the shopping center come on board willing to donate ingredients so that the young people don't have a cost that they can actually participate in this. And we've seen a sense of community come together in engaging with these young people in a new way. And you know, there is, there is possibilities, there are opportunities all around us if we're willing to ask the question of, God, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to pray for? Who do you want me to pick up the phone and give a phone call to? It's a bit of this change of perspective from all the things that suck about not being able to do what you normally did to all of a sudden, God, how are you wanting to grow and stretch me during this season? It's always in times of discomfort that we grow the most. So it's important that we don't just settle with the discomfort, that we actually learn and rise above it and see, God, where are you actually stretching us to grow during this season? The other thing that interests me about this this whole aspect of isolation is that Jesus often withdrew from the crowds to be alone. He didn't call it isolation. He called it solitude. Now, solitude actually literally comes from a Latin word meaning loneliness. But, you know, there's this other definition about solitude, which I, which I found online, which says that solitude frees the mind up from all the distractions of every day and allows it to focus more fully on one thing. Jesus withdrew himself from all the distractions of every day to focus on one thing, intimacy with the Father. And I think we can actually change our perspective from isolation to intimacy that we can change our 
terminology from social distancing to one of solitude, where we can actually press in during this season and grow with our relationship with our Father. The shepherds, having been compelled to go in verse 15, they go and they, and they see the baby. They see God's faithfulness in seeing that exactly as what was proclaimed to them came true. And then they go about telling everyone about what had happened. They actually see this as an opportunity to engage in witness to their community. And everyone who heard them was astonished. There was a sense of excitement that was brewing because they were willing to go rather than just stay trapped in their fear-based mentality. And, And one special response that I want to point you to is that of Mary. We see this in verse 19. It says here, it says, But Mary treasured these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. You know, there was this special aspect about Mary here, other than everyone else that they had shared with, that she actually really treasured this. There was some kind of change that happened within Mary because of the shepherd's obedience to go. And I want to encourage you that there is someone that God is potentially opening up an opportunity for you to engage and impact their life, their eternity in this season. Are you willing to be obedient to where the Father might be leading you? And then a, uh, another encouragement in this story in verse 20, the shepherds go back to their flocks. It's a, it's a, I feel like it's actually a prophetic thing here that life will go back to normal. It may not be the same normal that we were used to. It might be a new sense of normal. But, you know, the shepherds go back, but they are changed. They have this transformation that has occurred with them and where they left and started in this fear, they go back glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. Can we see ourselves at the end of this COVID you know, social distancing saga, praising and glorifying God for what we have just experienced because we've seen a wave of God move in a new and exciting way that has stirred us to acts and obedience that actually develop within us an intimacy with God that we didn't have prior Interrupted by God, the shepherds had a moment of fear. They heard the voice of God and they listened intentionally to God's voice over their fears. And then they responded obediently, resulting in them seeing Jesus in that time and impacting lives through their witness, through their testimony, and having a transformation, one from fear to glory and praise. My final encouragement to you, church, is that it comes from Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. And it says this, it says, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, in light of everything that God has done for you, give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice. It says that out of a thankful reminder of God's faithfulness, that we're to give our bodies, give our lives as a living sacrifice. You know, one thing about sacrifices is that they don't happen by accident. You don't walk along and just be like, oops, I just sacrificed. Sacrifice is intentional. It involves a decision, a commitment. And we actually do this by giving our whole lives to God for his purposes, for his glory. And it says that when we do that, we're enabled to truly worship him. Not just on a Sunday for an hour, but a sacrifice that involves all of our life. Verse 2 says, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
the shepherds had a transformation. God changed the way they thought. It led to a changed perspective on their situation, which led to an obedience where they saw God come through. It says here that then we will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. My encouragement, my hope for you is that you discover God's plan for you in this time. That you press into him and you see him transform you to change your mindset from one of fear to one of faith. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We'd love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.